what a blessing it is. When you love the Lord, you find yourself in love with the things that God loves. You find your joy coming from the things that God uses to bring blessings into our lives. And uh, church, I don't know where we'd be without church. And uh, it is very precious to me, and I know it's very precious to the Lord. And I just thank God that uh, we have it, we can assemble ourselves together, and we can know that uh, the presence of God is here in the midst of this place. And I, we can know that God loves us and he has, he has help for us. He has a message for us from his word as we stand and preach the Bible. And so it's been a blessing. I want to uh, take this time, I think on behalf of uh, all the preachers here, is to thank the Montoro family and, uh, and this church family that's hosted the men, the pastors, and their wives. It's been a blessing. Uh, last night coming in and just the blessing of being here and then they took care of us afterwards with the, uh, the food and then this morning services, praise the Lord for hearing two powerful messages preached from the word of God, uh, just filled my cup, it blessed me and then uh, the, uh, the food after that and just to see the, the, the Montoro family working together and uh, to see their love for the Lord. And it's just, it's been a, a tremendous encouragement and a blessing to me, Brother Pete, for being here with you and seeing what God is doing in this place and just seeing your family as well uh, and just see the love that they have for the Lord and service and being servants of God and uh, praise the Lord for it. And then, of course, uh, coming back uh, tonight and for this afternoon, they took us out and showed us what New York City is all about, I guess, and I've never been on a subway before. And that's an experience, amen. That's, uh, that was quite an experience. I have pictures and uh, memories, amen, to take back. And uh, then being on the top of the rock there, I, didn't, I thought it was going to be an actual rock. I didn't know it was buildings. I mean, you know, you're on t- <laughs> but uh, being on top of that and being able to have the view, what a tremendous, tremendous view of uh, this area. Just a beautiful, beautiful area. And uh, again, I took videos of that. I already sent it to my daughters and to <laughs> a couple other the people the, uh, that I know is praying for uh, me this week uh, from the church. And uh, it, it's just a tremendous day. And then to, after all that, be able to come back tonight and have church. Come back tonight and do it all over again. And uh, just so excited, so, so blessed to be here and have the opportunity to preach the Word of God once again this evening. I trust that you sense and feel the very same thing. A blessing to be in church. A blessing to be here knowing that the presence of God is in this place. Knowing that we have that which God has preserved for us uh, that does give us the answers to all of our questions. Amen. The Word of God. It's, it's what we have need of. And so tonight we're going to be preaching from the book of Luke in chapter 5. So if you'll turn there with me, Luke in chapter 5, and I know this is the uh, GIBF uh, Pastors uh, Fellowship meeting, and it's also the missions meeting for the church, and I believe that there's something here for, for everyone, amen? And so if you'll stand with me tonight, we're going to be reading here Luke chapter 5, a very familiar uh, story in the Bible for most that read the Bible and understand the Bible. No doubt every preacher here has preached uh, messages uh, from this passage of Scripture before. And I think that uh, tonight uh, I'm going to present some truths that uh, might not be as familiar 
uh, in this story. But it's a powerful truth that we find at the end of this story. And so Luke in chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, reading down to verse 26. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he, Jesus, was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him, Jesus. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he, Jesus, saw their faith, he said unto them, him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And they were right. (laughs) But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. He said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them, and took up that whereon he lay, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. What a great story. What a great story that we have recorded for us in Luke in chapter 5. But what I want you to do is look at verse 26. And they were all amazed. Everyone that was there. And they glorified God and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for loving us. Thank you for your design of your church. Thank you for your design of how you give unto us your Holy Spirit to dwell within us. How that you designed it for your spirit to bear witness with our spirit and to reveal things to us. How you designed it to call a man of God 
to stand before the children of God and preach your word. And as the word of God is being preached, God, you have designed it in a way to speak to everyone as they have need to be spoken to and to reveal things to them that they have need to have revealed and then give them an opportunity with a free will to respond in a way that will bring your blessings and your help upon their lives. Lord, I pray tonight will experience that very thing. I pray that everyone here will experience hearing from you and would have an opportunity to respond and they would respond in the right way because of what you've done and because of what you've presented to them. And everyone here will leave here the same way everyone left that service some 2,000 years ago. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. In this event, when Jesus, the very Son of God, who is God, who was manifested in the flesh, he walked on this earth. And as he was preaching the word, the very same way that he has established the word of God to be preached ever since that day, the very same messages that a true preacher of the word of God today preaches is the very same messages that Jesus himself preached. The message hadn't changed. 2,000 years, the message has not changed. The message is what has been given to us as preachers of the word of God to study and to understand it exactly the way that God intended it for, to be understood and to stand and to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. And when we do that, we have confidence to know because God designed it that he is going to work through the preaching of the word of God to do great and mighty things in the lives of those that are there to hear and to receive what God has for them. As he was preaching the word of God, a paralyzed man was brought to him for healing. At the end of the service, after they heard what he said to them, they heard that he proclaimed that he was able to forgive sins and only God could do that, for he was God. And he presented to them that not only was he able to forgive mankind of his sins, but he could heal their physical bodies. He could do miraculous things. At the end of the service, and they saw what had taken place, the Bible says that they were all amazed. Put yourself there. Put yourself there and hearing the very Son of God preach. Wow. <laughs> the truths that were coming out of his mouth, the things that they needed to hear, the one that was there in the very beginning who created all things, nothing was created without him creating them. And now he is 
presenting things that they needed. They were amazed. Amazed that he knew that about them. Amazed at what he said penetrated their hearts and their minds. Amazed at how this man could stand and preach the word in a way that spoke to them individually concerning their individual needs. And they glorified God because they realized only God could do such a thing. Only God knows what I needed. Only God knew that would minister to my necessities. They were filled with fear. That fear was not a frightening fear. That fear was a respect for a, and a reverence for a holy God. And they said this. <laughs> we have seen strange things today. That word strange is not weird. It's contrary to common or ordinary experiences. They got something they wouldn't get anywhere else. When you come to the place where the word of God is being preached, you're going to get something that you're not going to get anywhere else, no matter what kind of a religious service you attend. No matter who it is that stands before you and tries to motivate you with his words. When you hear the word of God being preached, you're going to receive something that you're not going to get anywhere else. Contrary to common or ordinary experiences. Can I tell this and say this to the pastors that are here and to the church members that are here? It's what we need and ought to pray for every time we assemble ourselves together. It's available to us. It's available to you as a church member to experience what they experienced from the preaching of the word of God. It's available to every pastor here. And I believe it's something that we ought to be praying for and working toward all week long. People being helped. When I prepare to be used by God, I say, God, use me. That's, that's all I am. I'm just a vessel that God can, has called. I'm just a vessel that God wants to work through. If God wants to work through me, then he wants to work through me to be a help to all that are there. And I realized that. God used me to be a help. People were being helped. Lives being changed. This man's life would never be the same again. <laughs> Sins being forgiven. To come to that realization 
that I don't have to live with the guilt of sin for the rest of my life, but that I can have my sins washed in the blood and have an almighty creator God, the one that matters most, have him take my sin and cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be brought back to my account again. Contrary to common or ordinary experiences. God's grace being poured out to all who come. God's love and kindness poured out to all who will come and receive it. What we must have, what I'm going to preach to you tonight according to this passage of Scripture, is what we must have to experience this in our services. How could we as pastors not want this? <laughs> Amen? That's why you, you give your life to the ministry. It's not for the paycheck. <laughs> You give your life and you're willing to sacrifice whatever it is that God would have you to sacrifice so that you might experience this kind of a service. You might experience the hand of God upon your life. You might experience being a vessel that God will work through to be a help to others. That's ministry. What church member would not want to have this kind of experience every time you assemble yourselves together? So what do we have to have? Verse 17 starts right there. We must have the presence of God. And it came to pass on a certain day as he, Jesus, was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by and they could kill any service if you let them. Amen? <laughs> Amen? There's going to be people in every service that if you let them, they could kill the service. Their negativity, <laughs> amen, whatever it might be, they were there. They were sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. But the power of the Lord was present. To do strange things. If, if we're going to have the kind of experiences in our services that they had in this particular service, then we have to realize it has to come from God. The presence of God. Jesus is there teaching. In Mark's account in chapter, Mark in chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, and he preached the word unto them. And so we know by the account of Scripture of this, of this particular uh, event in the life of Christ, he was not only teaching, but he was preaching. Amen. In Matthew chapter 28, and you know the verse very well, I'm sure, but Matthew chapter 28 and verses 18 to 20, it's a promise that Jesus gives 
to us, his church. He says in Matthew chapter 28, go ye therefore. First of all, he says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth, the power of God to do whatever needs to be done. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. If we're doing that, if we're focused on the Word of God, if we're focused on being used by God to present God's message to the people who come in, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. Even unto the end of the world. Throughout this church age. No matter where you go. We're 2,000 years into this church age. He's been with his church. He's been with his men that he's called. He has been with them preaching the word of God. The power of God accompanies his word and his will. You want this kind of service? You want this kind of a, 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 a church service where the people leave there saying they're amazed, they're glorifying God, they're filled with the honor and respect for God, and we've seen God work contrary to common or ordinary experiences. You have to have God's presence. His power and His presence accompanies His, accompanies his word and His will. We do not need a man-made worship experience. A good friend of mine, Brother Wayne Hardy, he wrote this track, the gospel track, and I'm sure several of you pastors have it. But listen to what he says here, because he words it like only Wayne Hardy could word something. If you know him, he just, he, he's, he's got an amazing mind. But the Bible says, I mean, the Bible says, <laughs> what Wayne wrote here concerning that, timeless or trendy. So many are trying to produce something that only God can produce, that only God brings to the service. He says, malls are trendy. Churches should feel timeless. With the forceful current, uh, with the forceful current of constant change sweeping over every part of our lives people have the need to connect with something enduring and firm we believe christ designed the church to fulfill that need by presenting an eternal kingdom and ageless truth with no need to with no need to imitate the culture we want you to know that there is still a church that feels like a church. It won't feel like a rock concert, praise the Lord, a comedy club, or a motivational seminar. They're trying to produce. It's not old-fashioned as in 50 years ago. It is timeless as in 2,000 years ago. <laughs> and then he says... He's got a column over here that says, still preaching, dynamic, passionate preaching straight from the Bible, still brings more lasting change than comedy routines, drama, motivational talks. Come discover the benefit of Bible preaching. Amen. Amen. 
It starts with the preacher understanding that. Still men. The rumor that masculine men hate church simply isn't true. Come discover an environment where plenty of real men still believe God expects them to step up and provide strong, loving leadership in the church and in their families. A little contrary to common or ordinary expenses, experiences today. (laughs) Still hymns. Most church music amounts to dumbing down the lyrics and cranking up the volume to build interest. The hymns we sing still generate an attitude toward God that is anything but lifeless and boring. <laughs> like the kind of songs and hymns we've just sang here. Still rev- reverent. Casual is all the rage in American institutions, but God deserves better. While you won't find a judgmental spirit here, you will find a place that still believes reverence is right for the presence of God. Still family. Our culture's experiments with the family have left the American home in a mess. We still teach the biblical roles for the family as the best answer and as our, our only hope for stable, fulfilled homes. Still exciting. God doesn't need the top 40 or the latest fads to be exciting. We still enjoy several timeless practices that stir the soul in a way that strobe lights and dancing in the aisles can never manufacture. (laughs) That's exactly what the Bible's telling us right here. When they had the presence of God, they had the presence of God because they preached the word of God. They had the presence of God because the church was established to do the will of God. They were involved in the ministries that God has given the church to fulfill. And when they had the will of God and they were preaching the word of God, they saw the power of God present there and they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with the fear saying, we have seen Strange things today. Pastors don't sell out for personal agendas. In Indianapolis, several years back, we had a church that was probably the church in Indianapolis, running about 2,000. A great soul-winning church, a church that held to the standards and convictions of this Bible, preaching the Word of God. And something came through. It's called the moral majority, which in and of itself is not a bad thing. But the pastor of that church got on board with that, and before you know it, he stopped preaching the Word and started preaching politics. God hadn't called us to stand before our congregation and preach politics. No matter what kind of agenda that a man might have, God's church 
is to stand and proclaim what thus saith the Lord. The church is a place where people ought to be able to come in and know that they're going to hear a message from the word of God. When he started going into politics, he lost sight of soul winning, lost sight of reaching the lost. The church just continued to dwindle down, blinders on, didn't even see it. Today, the church that used to house had a 2,000-seat a auditorium has been bulldozed down. Just an empty lot. Don't sell out for personal agendas. We're here to represent him. Don't sell out for filthy lucre. What is that preacher? A paycheck? Well, I can't preach that because they'll, they'll just cut my pay. They might want to get rid of me if I stand and preach what you say I ought to preach. It's not what I say you ought to preach. It's what the Bible reveals that every man of God worth his salt understands that you're there to represent God and to preach the very word that he has provided for us to preach. Whether you get a paycheck or not. You're not there for a paycheck. You're not there to do whatever the congregation wants you to do. We're not there to give them what they want. We're standing in a position to give them what they need. We're losing sight of the kind of services God wants us to have. Because we're losing sight of the purpose of the church and the purpose of every service. God's presence is what I've always prayed for. I've been pastoring the same church. I started it in the storefront 28 years ago. It was just a miracle of God and how he worked. Every Saturday night, and this is just something I do. Every Saturday night is my prayer closet in the church. We never have any weddings. We never have activities. Nothing goes on in the church. And it's been, I've been doing this for 28 years. And Saturday night, our membership knows that I'm there every Saturday night. If I'm preaching in the pulpit on Sunday morning, I'm there Saturday night. I have the membership out. And I go through and I put myself in every one of those members' homes. Whatever I know about it, whatever God brings to mind, I pray for them. What I'm doing is preparing myself to be used by God to minister to those people. Something I've done for 28 years. And God has honored that. God has blessed that. Our church has continued to grow. I believe if we're going to have these kind of services, <laughs> we have to pray for God's power. We've got to pray for God's presence. Verse 18 and 19. 
You see, that's what the man of God needs to be doing. But the people have a part in this too. <laughs> Amen? Now, every pastor realize you have to teach your people. You have to present to them what God's expectations of their lives are. Verses 18 and 19, we have a tremendous example of what it's going to take to have these kind of services. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man, which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before Jesus, knowing that Jesus was the very son of God. Verse 19, and when they could not find by way, what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. We need members like that. We need those that have a burden and a compassion for others. We must have, if we are going to have the kind of services and that they had at that point where people walk away with this kind of a, a attitude, this kind of experience, this kind of mindset, we need to have a people with a burden and a compassion to reach others. Making a difference. Jude in verse 21, verse 22, need to have that kind of compassion and that kind of compassion will make a difference. Can I tell you tonight that many lives would be different if someone would reach out to them with the truth? Preached last night. Jacob. 23 years oppressed by the lies of the devil. He believed his son was dead, which impacted his life in so many ways. And no one was there to tell him the truth. When he heard the truth, it changed his life. He was revived, had a desire to live. Can I tell you that we have family members that need to hear the truth? We have neighbors that need to hear the truth. Every one of us here knows somebody that if they only heard and believed the truth, it would change their lives just like this paralyzed man's life was changed. Their life would never be the same. Many of you here tonight, your life was changed because you were introduced to the truth about Jesus Christ. You were introduced to this Bible being the very words of God. Somebody took enough interest in you. Somebody had compassion. Somebody had a desire to reach you. And because of their compassion for the lost, because of their desire to be used by God, you had an opportunity to hear and believe the truth and that hearing the truth and believing the truth has changed your life forever. <laughs> Those men were not doing this for personal recognition. They were not doing it out of convenience sake some in the church that's why they serve and if they stop getting recognized for everything they do then they say i'm not going to do it anymore others in the church will serve when it's convenient that doesn't produce these kind of services had a desire 
and a burden to see people's lives changed. We need to catch God's burden for the lost. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He revealed the burden that God has for all humanity. John 3, 16, no doubt everyone here could quote that verse. I would believe that you realize that that's for God so loved the world that he gave, he sacrificed, he gave his only begotten son because he had such a love and such a desire for mankind to be saved. Oh, how we need to catch that burden. Not just for us, just a few. Let's not be satisfied with just a few. Amen. Let's have a burden for the world. Let's have a burden. Let's catch God's vision. Let's catch God's vision and his burden to reach the world with the gospel of Christ. You want to have these kind of services, yeah, you need a man of God that's focused on the presence of God by being used by God. We need a people that have a burden, as these men had a burden. <laughs> they said, we're going to get this man to Jesus. And then the last thing, we must have a people who truly have the faith to know if they do their part, God will do his part. <laughs> As a preacher, I would, <laughs> I think I would, but I, I don't know, but I would love to be able to make decisions for everybody. <laughs> I'd love to be able to say, no, you didn't want to do that. This is what you wanted to do. And no, that's a bad decision. You can't make that decision. This is the decision you want to make. When it comes to every area of life, I would love to be able to make the decision for them, but I can't. But I do have confidence and faith to know and encourage them if you make this decision... God will do his part. <laughs> I have enough confidence in God, in his word, in the promises that he gives us, and the principles that he has established, that I know what God blesses, and I know what God judges. This is not something that is unique to me. Everyone can know that. It's what the Bible teaches. It's written down for us to know the very mind of God. This Bible, it records the very mind of a creator God. It reveals exactly what God blesses and what God judges. And knowing that motivates me to do all I can do to help people to make right decisions. Motivates me to do all I can do to get people to a certain place where they can trust and look to him, knowing if they truly look to him, they're going to find this. Their faith. What Jesus addressed, first of all, was not the paralytic man. The man that was paralyzed. No. 
He addressed those servants that brought him to Jesus at whatever cost. And verse 20, and when he saw their faith, not the man that was paralyzed, not necessarily, he was looking at those that brought him to him. He said in him, man, now he's addressing the paralyzed man. Thy sins are forgiven thee. Hmm. People who truly believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the very Son of God, understand that he will make a difference. Those carrying this man to Jesus impacted this paralyzed man's faith to believe. Their faith. The Bible didn't tell us that they were relatives. The Bible didn't tell us if they were just from the church, sent out on soul winning, and they seen this man there and said, Whoa! I know somebody who can fix you. I know somebody can put that marriage back together. I know somebody that can get you over that addiction. I know somebody that can help you with whatever it is that's your problem, why you're in the situation you're in, and why you're down and out, and why you're depressed, and why this is going on, and why that's going on in your life. Listen to me. I see that, and I have faith to know that if I can get that person to him, he will make a difference in their lives. I don't believe it was real. I believe it was just some servants of the Lord, and they saw this paralyzed man and said, guys, Let's help this man. Jesus is over there, and he's a healer. This man's faith in Christ was impacted by their faith in Christ. (laughs) Jesus addressed them first, and then he addressed his faith. Your faith can impact others to believe. I guarantee you, if you got children, parents, your faith will impact your children's faith. And your unbelief will impact your children's unbelief. Your sin is not to yourself. If you have children, listen to me, your sin will be passed down to your children and they will become the very same sin and addicted to the very same sins that you're addicted to unless somebody with a compassion for your child reaches them with a more powerful influence than what you've had over them. God would rather, would rather you as a parent raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God's will that every parent raise their child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's God's will. Does that happen? No. Why? Because God's given man a free will. That's why children are abused. Well, if God is so loving, why would God allow that? It's not God's God's will that that child be abused. It's God's will that parent realize those children from the Lord. And you will give an account for that. And my will for your life is for you to raise those children for me. That's God's will. It's God's will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But is there going to be 
those lost and going to be cast into a devil's hell? Yes. Is it God's will? No. And why will God allow those to be? God's did everything he could outside taking your free will away to get you to receive him so that he might give you a gift of everlasting life. <laughs> Amen. But your faith can impact your children, will impact your children. Listen to me. Your, your faith as a husband will impact your wife's faith as a wife. Your faith as a wife can impact your husband's faith. It can. It can. You have to have confidence in knowing that and then look to the scriptures to know how do I do it? And God will tell you how to do it. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> a friend's faith can affect their friends. What am I saying? Your faith can impact others to believe. It made a difference here. It made a difference in verse 21 down to verse 24. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Gave Jesus an opportunity to reveal, Yeah, I can forgive sins because you're right. I'm God. <laughs> when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, What reason ye in your hearts, whether it's easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk? He hadn't said, Rise up and walk. He hadn't revealed that he was going to heal him yet. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins. Then he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, not only can he heal you spiritually, he can do things that will change your life physically. I say unto thee, arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying just hours before he was laying out in the streets paralyzed begging for somebody to have mercy begging for somebody to give him a little bit of food begging for somebody else to help take care of him I think his life changed it made a difference spiritually and physically spiritually his sins were forgiven Spiritually, now he is one of the children of God, and he has direct access to Almighty God to be in the presence of God any time you desire to be in the presence of God in prayer. Moves right into the holies of holies, into the Shekinah glory, the very presence of God. When you get saved, that's what you get. Get an opportunity to call creator of all things, your heavenly father. <laughs> Whoa! Is that not amazing? Is that not something to get excited about? <laughs> and not only is that is what happens to you spiritually, but when that takes place in your life spiritually, it will change your life physically. He rose up and walked. Change life. You turned away from those drugs. 
you can, get, you can overcome that alcohol. You can overcome that sexual addiction. And you can be the man that God wants you to be. And you can be the woman that God wants you to be. And you can be the parents that God wants you to be. Listen to me. God can change your life. Spiritually and physically. Oh, that we would experience the same thing. The same strange things every service. I pray that we have those services. <laughs> I go into every service expecting that to happen. I go into that service expecting God to empower me, work through me to preach his word. I go into every service expecting people to be helped. Souls to be saved. Lives to be changed. the people come in expecting that, can I tell you? We have some strange things happening at our services. Oh, how we ought to start praying for that. Contrary to common or ordinary experiences. You can't have it. You can't get it anywhere else. But in God's church. Let's commit to start praying that God would work in our services just like he did in that service. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed. Mm. We had the very same things. We have the word of God to preach. We have the presence and the power of God available to us. have faith to believe it? Do we have a desire for it? Enough to do everything we can do to prepare for it as pastors and as church members? Let's pray for these kind of services. Every time the church assembles itself together for a worship service. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for the truth of your word. Thank you for this event in the life of Christ that reveals to us exactly what we ought to be having in our church services today. God, help us not to try to conjure up these kind of experiences, but help us to rely upon you and do exactly as you tell us to do. And see, God, your Holy Spirit work in such a way <laughs> that people be helped, lives will be changed, souls will be saved. God, I pray now that you would take the message that has been presented. Speak to each one as they have need to be spoken to concerning the message and help them even now to realize how they need to let this impact their lives what kind of things they can start doing differently possibly than what they've done before in order to have these kind of services. Bless now in this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Go ahead and stand with me this evening if you would please.
going to get your song books out. An invitation time. Listen to me. An invitation time is an opportunity to respond. To really, not what the preacher spoke about. What did God speak to you? What did God reveal to you that only you know that only God knows about you? Only God could reveal that to you. It's what the Spirit of God, His Spirit, bore witness with your spirit and spoke to you about something that you had need of. When that happens, respond. Don't try to block it out. When you have an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, say yes, Lord. By not saying yes, Lord, you're saying no. I'll not do it. I'll not make those changes. Listen to me. You're talking to God. The one who can bless you. The one who can change your life. The one who knows you better than you know yourself. Say yes, Lord. If he's revealed to you tonight that you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, listen to me. No matter what anybody else thinks, don't think about that. Know what God knows. Respond. Come and receive him as your Savior. Come and as a believer, present yourself for biblical baptism. As a saved man, a saved woman, a saved young person, come and surrender to being the kind of man, woman, or teenager that God wants you to be, to make a difference. What about it tonight? God's speaking to you. An invitation time is an opportunity to respond and say yes to the Creator God. As we sing the night, as we sing the very first verse, others have already come. If God's speaking to you, we invite you to come.